Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And the first day of actual training camp where there's practice going on in the field is officially in the books. Welcome in to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man's Amon Cotton. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at the home studio. And man, oh man, it's been a busy day already. Uh, myself and Vinny Bonsignor, we pretty much opened up the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center about 6.30 this morning as we were getting prepared for the first day of practice. And we're also getting used to the new regime's uh, kind of schedule that they're working with, and that is having Josh McDaniels, when he meets with the media, meet about 7.45 in the morning. So you're able to hear from the head coach on the morning tailgate, if you were listening, and to Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang. And uh, Heidi and Cl- and Heidi and Vinny uh, came to you live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So it's been a very action-packed day. There was a lot of media members at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center watching the practice, listening to the coach, listening to the players. And I'll say off top, pretty. Um, I thought it was a pretty – I don't want to say aggressive, but I thought the tempo of the practice was pretty good, especially for the first day. And I know that they're going to get ramped up. I know that they're not in pads. I know that they're not deciding the roster today. But just for what we were able to see and be out there and watch the guys out there on the grass, I thought that they had a nice little tempo to what they were doing. Of course, it was pretty hot out there, but not as hot as it's going to be. There's a reason why they're practicing at 8.30 and not 12.30, right? You don't want to be out there uh, in the blazing heat that's going on right now here currently in the Las Vegas-Henderson area. So uh, if you're out there and you're driving around, like Denzel Perriman always says, stay hydrated. I think I probably drank about six to eight bottles of water already today uh, between the time that we've been at the at the Healthcare Performance Center and uh, myself at the house right now. But, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun day. And just to see the, the activities get going and get ramped up and knowing next week you'll see the Raiders – in actual pads that's going to happen next week so there's practice today that's already in the books there's practice tomorrow there's practice on saturday and there's practice on sunday so we've got to rearrange some of our our uh, our times that we have and and our schedules that we have and it's okay we're going to do that and continue to provide as much coverage as possible uh then the raiders will be off on monday so uh there you go man uh, locked and loaded that's what we are here on raider nation radio 920 and another day we start the show and another roster move has been made uh, today by the silver and black just received the email from cam shout out to my man cam russo over with the raiders just sent the email over saying the raiders have signed free agent matthias farley uh farley is a member well was a member of the tennessee titans last season appeared in 17 games tied for the team lead with 11 special team tackles defensively he added five tackles one forced fumble and uh, one fumble recovery. Before Tennessee, he was uh, his first five seasons in the league. He was with the Colts from 2016, 2018, and then the Jets uh, from 2019 and 2020. So that's the combination right there, Colts and Jets. He's been in 83 career games, 18 starts, and total 137 tackles, three interceptions, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, 14 passes defense, while adding 37 tackles on special teams. Uh, and 
I, I feel like pretty much this is a guy that's going to replace Dallin Levitt. And when they uh, released Dallin Levitt yesterday, I said that that was a, a key special teams guy. Uh, it looks like Matthias Farley is going to probably play that role. Now, can he get out there and, and be productive as far as a defensive player? Sure. Can he be productive as a safety? Sure. But I think for the most part, uh, the Raiders are probably looking to him to fill a role as far as the special teams go. Uh, as far as the moves that they had to make to clear roster spots for him, they placed defensive tackle Vernon Butler on the non-football injury list and wide receiver Dylan Stoner on the physically unable to perform list. So uh, a couple notes here. Defensive tackle, if you're keeping track, that's three defensive tackles that aren't practicing to start uh, start training camp as we heard about Jonathan Hankins. Uh, we heard about Bilal Nichols just the other day before camp got started. Now today, defensive tackle Vernon Butler. So that's three guys down. Not saying they're going to be down for a long time, but they're down right now. So just kind of keep that as a little side note. And then wide receiver Dylan Stoner. And I'll say this, and and this is not an original Q statement. This is actually my guy, uh, Shashi. Uh, He hit us up on Twitter and said, uh, I wouldn't want to be a a wide receiver on this roster that's not out there participating right now because the competition is too deep. And those weren't his exact words, but that's what he meant. And that makes a lot of sense to me. If you're a wide receiver, on this roster, and you're not out there competing and showing your worth and, and being out there uh, you know, thriving as far as special teams goes and uh, showing what you can do as a wide receiver, you're probably not going to have a good shot to make this team because there is a lot of talent out there. One wide receiver that really caught my eye today, of course you're going to look for 17. You're always going to look for Devontae Adams. You're going to look for 13. You're going to look for Hunter Renfro. That's a no-brainer. Uh, looking for number 11, Demarcus Robinson, checking him out. But, man, I don't, know, I don't know if this guy's going to be something as far as a wide receiver, but Matt Collins really stood out to me. Uh, number 10, this is a big dude. I mean, just seeing him up close and personal, you knew he had some size to him. 6'4", 221, that sounds like a big dude. But when you're up per- close and personal to him, that's really a big dude. And, you know, we didn't have any idea what to expect today when we hit the practice field. Didn't know if all the guys were going to be participating three fields away or if we were going to have some action in front of us. Well, Raider Nation, I'll tell you right now, I didn't use the binoculars too much. I really didn't. I had a lot of people hit me up on Twitter like, man, your binoculars must be good. I'm seeing some pretty good videos and some pretty good pictures from you. Actually had a lot of action pretty much in front of us. You know, there was a pretty good rotation. There was some special teams activities going on in front of us. There were some offensive activities going on in front of us. And there were some defensive activities. But when Mac Hollins and those wide receivers were running some little uh, drills, just, you know, just – getting used to being out there drills, nothing major, nothing going up against any kind of defense or anything, no one-on-ones, but just, you know, just basic wide receiver drills. I just realized how large Mac Hollins was as a, of a man. So I, that's a guy that I, I really want to keep my eye on and just see what happens. And, and, look, everyone always starts talking about guys on day one, on day two, on day three, while it's the acclimation period, while there's no pads on, while they're not popping pads. Everyone is a pro bowler today everyone's a pro bowler tomorrow, right? I mean, everyone's looking really good. They're looking really fresh. Uh, but uh, I'm interested just to see how Matt Collins continues to to uh, develop th- throughout the course of training camp preseason. He's a guy I expect to see get some burn in preseason. We don't know how much you're going to see from uh, other guys like uh, Devontae Adams. I don't expect to see him at all. Hunter Renfro, don't really expect to see him at all. Demarcus Robinson, sure, expect to see him in the preseason. Keelan Cole, I expect to see him in the preseason. Matt Collins, absolutely. But, you know, the core guys, the key guys, you're not going to see. And that's fine. You don't want any guys getting injured and banged up before the regular season starts. And that's just how that's just how it is. I mean, we're kind of used to seeing that at this point. Right. But uh, very interested to see what Matt Collins can do. Another note that I had from training camp today 
It was really good to see Kenyon Drake. He's a guy that we've been talking about quite a bit. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor put out the note that Denzel Good and Kenyon Drake were both cleared to practice and were not going to be on the pup list, and neither one were on the pup list. They were both out there practicing, but I'll tell you, and again, it's just the first day of practice, Kenyon Drake looked really fresh. He looked really fast. Uh, He looked a little winded at times, but you're supposed to be winded on the first day of practice. I mean, nobody is going in there 100% in the right shape, especially if you've been rehabbing the whole time that you've, uh, you know, you've you've had your offseason. So uh, just seeing him out there, it looked like he had nice little jump cuts going, looked like he was uh, pretty quick on his feet. Of course, saw him Monday night at the Battle for Vegas, the softball uh, event at the Las Vegas ballpark, but... He looked pretty good, man. So he got he got me really intrigued. And I know, Damon, uh, just going back to Monday, I was thinking that, one, we weren't going to see him in the battle for Vegas at all and didn't expect to see him at the beginning of training camp. But to get Kenyon Drake out there to team with Josh Jacobs, who we saw out there as well, you know Zamir White's going to be out there. I think that's a nice little, uh, little combo to get things started and kind of gets me excited for what that running back room could look like. Yep, and that's why when we had the uh, Raider ESPYs yesterday, I picked him to be the comeback player for this team. Yeah. I think that he is going to play a big role with this team because I do think that he is the best receiving back out of the backfield. I know that Bolden, you know, maybe he'd had that role with the Patriots, but I think that Drake's going to be more dynamic, like maybe even line him up outside as a receiver type of receiving threat out of the backfield. Yeah, he can catch. I mean, that's for sure. He can catch. And, uh, you know, the minute that he signed with the Raiders, we all had our idea of what they were going to use him for and and how they were going to use him. And it never really came to fruition. But uh, we know what he's capable of. I mean, I saw him. I'm a big Alabama fan. I just like to watch Alabama. I have absolutely no ties to him. So but I I just enjoy watching Alabama football. Back in college, we saw what he was able to do from uh, uh, kick return. (laughs) <laughs> he, he caught the ball in the backfield. Of course, he was a running back. I mean, he did a lot of different dynamic things at Alabama. He's done a lot of dynamic things in the NFL. And so uh, the expectations were high when the Raiders signed him. They gave him a nice uh, size contract as well. So you thought that they were going to use the hell out of him. And it just never happened. And then he got injured last year, right when he seemed like he was starting to get some burn. So uh, you could be spot on, Damon. You could, I mean, we could be looking back uh, from a year from now and say, yep, Kenny Drake. You know, comeback player of the year for the the silver and black. So that's that's a good one. And, and again, based off today's observation, uh, you you know he, he's taking a step in the right direction. <laughs> Let's put it like that. So uh, that was one of my many observations. Of course, we'll get into plenty more observations from Raiders training camp day one today. I do want to get into uh, who's coming up on the show. We have a couple of good guests. Plus, we have some great sound that we uh, got today at the Interna- Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center when we talked to Coach McDaniel's. Uh, we also talked to Deron Harmon. The safety we also to uh andre james the center and then foster morrow we learned today that his name is not foster moreau even though it's so conveniently easy to say it that way it's actually technically foster morrow so we'll probably still call him foster moreau and like he said it doesn't bother him at all he really doesn't care apparently that came from the busting with the boys podcast i guess he uh he said something to to will compton on there and so that's what really got it going things going adam hill uh, from the Las Vegas Review Journal and also ESPN Las Vegas Cofield and Company, he he brought it up and said, "Okay, how do you actually say your name?" And so he said, uh, "If you're spe- saying it like my father says it, <laughs> it's Foster Morrow, not Moreau." But he said people say it, and it's easy to say really quickly, Foster Moreau. So he gets it, especially the way it looks. So there's that. So those are the three players that we talked to, and uh, Josh McDaniels as well. So you'll hear some of those uh, interviews coming up later on in the show. But coming up at 2.30, uh, a guy that was out there at the practice facility today, Jesse Merrick from News 3 LV. He'll join us just to get his observations and what he thought stood out to him. Uh, there was a bunch of us out there. And, again, I don't know how long it's going to be a ton of people, but – 
the media room was packed. I'll tell you that. And as I mentioned, man, me and Vinny, we really opened that thing up about 6.30 this morning. We're going to do the same thing uh, tomorrow. We're going to open it up about 6.30. So we're going to bring you all the coverage we can. But there, by the time we actually hit the practice field, that place was packed. Jesse Barrick was one of them uh, that was there. So we'll get his thoughts coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, we'll have cover three uh, NFL news and notes of the day. And the big news of the day is Kyler Murray. Signing that big, massive contract extension. He's going to be in the desert in Arizona for quite a while, and he got paid a boatload of money. So it's funny when I saw the report from uh, Rappaport and Shefty, I just I basically tweeted out and said, well, I guess he made the right decision to decide not to play baseball and go play football. I was one of those guys who believed that Kyler Murray was going to have to be a baseball player. He wasn't going to cut it in the NFL, and, well, shows what I know. <laughs> shows what I know because, man, oh, man, that dude is just – got the bag he is uh, basically the second highest paid uh, quarterback in the league right now right behind Aaron Rodgers as far as money per year uh, Aaron Rodgers is at 50 and uh, Kyler Murray's at 46 points what 46.1 or whatever just a little bit more than than Deshaun Watson is making in Cleveland it's, it's ridiculous now Deshaun Watson has $230 million guaranteed, so he's actually getting the biggest bag where Kyler Murray got, I believe, $160 million guaranteed. But, hey, man, we're splitting hairs, $160 million guaranteed. I'll take it and not complain at all. So uh, Cover 3 will come up at 3 o'clock, little NFL news and notes of the day. 3.30, Ari Mayrov from Pro Football Focus on Twitter at My Sports Update. He'll join us to talk all things Raiders training camp. He'll also talk about what's going on in the NFL in general as uh, there's a lot of activity starting to get going. You're starting to see a lot of players get on the be put on the pup list. You're starting to see teams get uh, ready to rock and roll as far as training camp goes and start getting everyone going. What, is, what does Kyler Murray's contract mean for Lamar Jackson? So we'll talk to all things NFL with Ari Mayrov, and, of course, we'll ask him about Darren Waller. We'll ask him about Denzel Perryman and uh, the expectations for the silver and black this upcoming season. 4 o'clock, Vinny Bonsignor, he's going to be back out at your spot, DeMond Pub 365. He's going to join the show. He'll check in a couple times in the 4 o'clock hour, let us know what he's got going on at Pub 365, and then also he'll talk some some training camp practice with us and what his observations were and what he was, uh, you know, what he was really focusing on today at practice. Now, you know, the, the guests that we have coming up on the show, of course, we're going to have sound from the players and the coach that we talked to earlier today. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, what I wanted to do is I wanted to go ahead and play uh, this sound from Jerron Harmon, the safety that comes over from the New England Patriots. I was expecting to do that this uh, in this segment right here, but I'm going to go ahead and hold off, and we'll get to that in just a little while. We could play that at any time during the show, and we will get to it. I thought it was some really good stuff, and he's teaming in the, the back end of that Raiders defense with second-year guy Trayvon Merrick. So I thought there was a lot of good nuggets that came from that sound with uh, Jerron Harmon and especially talking about the defense, talking about Trayvon Merrick and just being a leader on this Raiders team and why he decided to sign with the Silver and Black. So we'll get to that at some point in the show. But I want to throw out there the question because one of our goals around here is to make sure that we provide everything that you want as far as coverage of training camp, coverage of your favorite team, coverage of the way that this team is being put together ahead of the 2022 season. So that's one of our number one goals that we have, regardless if it's Vinny, if it's Clay, Heidi, me, JT, doesn't matter. Damon, all of us, we're going to do everything in our ability to make sure that we provide the number one coverage. So I wanted to know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, what is something that you really want to focus on each day in camp? So basically, if there was a training camp report, here you go, boom, here's a quick 
five-minute training camp report, what would you want it to be focused on? Where, where would your, your, your interest lie the most? You know, when you're thinking about the Raiders training camp, when you see NFL Network say, hey, we're going to go to live to Henderson to, to check in on Raiders training camp, what are you looking for? I know what I'm looking for. DeMond has a good idea what he's looking for. Vinny, Vic, Tashawn, Paul, I mean, all, all these guys that cover Jesse, who we'll talk to in a few minutes, we all have our idea of what we're looking for and how we're, we're trying to focus. But I want to know from you, what are you focused in on? What do you look to hear the most? And uh, speaking of NFL Network, Steve Weish was out there today. Uh, he, I think he's only in town for one day. We were going to get him on the show, but I think he's really kind of uh, swamped with the work that he's doing with, uh, with NFL Network and then getting back to L.A. But uh, he was there. So uh, as the Raiders opened up, man, you know, we've been talking about it a lot that they're, they're starting to get a lot of uh, recognition. They're starting to get a, na- a lot of national attention. You're going to see more and more and more big-time outlets arriving in Henderson to take a look at this team. That, ha- that could be the Devontae Adams effect. That could be the Josh McDaniels and the New England ties effects. I don't, I don't really care what the effect is. I really don't. I don't care what the reason is why all of a sudden everyone's talking about the Raiders and all of a sudden everyone's showing up and checking out the Raiders camp. I don't, it doesn't bother me why they're doing it. What I'm excited about, what fires me up, is that they are doing it, that you're hearing people come out and talk more and more about the Raiders, something that we've been talking about for a very long time that just doesn't happen, right? <laughs> just doesn't happen. That's, that's all we've been saying, and now all we see and all we hear just about every day is somebody talking highly on the Raiders. How about RG3 on Twitter? He said, we are sleeping on the Raiders. Everyone is enamored with the Chargers and six-time reigning AFC West champion Chiefs for good reason. But the Raiders are a playoff team, all in caps, a playoff team that got better. Trading for Devontae Adams and signing Chandler Jones was huge, also in caps. Now, Josh McDaniels has to deliver. That's RG3 on Twitter this morning. RG3 has no ties to the silver and black at all. I got more ties to RG3 than RG3 has with, with, uh, with the silver and black, right? I mean, the guy was at Baylor when I covered him, and, and he's, he's, a, he's a pretty good dude. I, I mean, I, for the most part, I pretty much like Robert. But... I mean, he's now talking about the silver and black on Twitter. So there's a lot of folks out there that are uh, really starting to speak highly of the Raiders and start to recognize that they have an opportunity to have something really special going on here in Las Vegas. But uh, Raider Nation, I I just want to hear from you. I'm I'm pretty curious on what is something that you would like to focus in on. Again, if I start this show every day with a a daily report, a daily break breakout of what I saw at training camp, I want to make sure I include what you want to know about. So hit us up and let us know about it, 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. DeMond, who do you say we have up first? Raider Dave in Denver. Raider Dave, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, how you doing? I think that uh, it's interesting that you picked out uh, Hollis to take a gander at today, and I didn't know – if uh, Raider Nation realizes that that guy was the guy who caught the Fitzpatrick face mask yep. pass at the end of the year that year. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. That's crazy. When he was a um, member of the Dolphins, yep. Right, 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 right. <laughs> now, the, the Raiders picked up a safety, Matthias Farley, yep. and I was curious whether or not any uh, time he was with the Colts was with Brock Sin. And if I quickly get to uh, what I would be most interested in is – on offense, I'd be most interested in how many sets and how many times they were in each set, 22, 21, whatever the package was. And on the defense, I'd like to know how many uh, plays they ran in nickel and what Hobbs was doing, or I mean, uh, and what Diablo was doing. Okay. 
Good stuff. Hey, great, great call, my man. And, you know, there's certain, certain things that we're kind of limited to when, when we're out there. And, you know, formations and all that is kind of one of those that's not really a written rule, but it's one of those unwritten rules that we're not really supposed to speak on that. Or if we see some kind of, some kind of plays, some specialty plays, we're not really supposed to speak on it or, or tweet it out or whatever. Like I said, it's kind of those unwritten rules. But, uh, but I, I, I think that I understand where you're going with it. And I think that we could provide some kind of, some kind of idea so you have a you know you, you kind of understand but right now in day 1 day 2 first week second week it's going to be very vanilla a lot of it's going to be very vanilla that we're going to be able to uh, actually pay attention to and see uh, and that will be up close and personal on enough to be able to recognize but i i totally understand where you're coming from, and that Mac Hollins note is always a, a one that's a bittersweet one, right? <laughs> I mean, because it was a hell of a play that he made, uh, getting that catch over Damon Arnett, uh, getting behind Damon Arnett, first of all, which should have never happened, but getting behind Damon Arnett and Ryan Fitzpatrick having the wherewithal to even be able to get that ball out when Arden Key had his whole face mask and then some. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll keep that in the notes. I definitely appreciate that, and we'll bring you something close to what you're looking for. We do appreciate the call. And uh, who's up next, Amon? Anthony in Minnesota, but right now he's driving through Texas. Oh, nice, nice. Ant Dog in Minnesota driving through the Lone Star State. What's up, my man? Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, yeah, you just mentioned it, though. I'm looking for some things during training camp. Really, it's going to play out in the preseason here. Looking to see how that offensive line shores up, who's starting where, obviously. I think if we were to say that we needed one player on the offense, we'd feel good about saying it's a Super Bowl caliber offensive. It would be the one player we want to have on the offensive line. I'm not sure that would be, but if they stand up and play well, that solidifies that offensive push for the Super Bowl on the offense side. On the on the defensive side, looking to see Jonathan Abram. His name's been coming for a couple years now. I want to see if he's in the box, where they got him playing or whatnot. And I can't say the same thing about the defense if we're one player away. But the question I have for you guys, if you could cherry pick any one player you want, whether they're on the team right now, I'm thinking Jonathan Abram. If he has a stellar year, that puts our defense, you know, really, really good for a, for a strong playoff push. But if you could have any one person, right, like you say we need one person for the offensive line to shore that up today, if you look at it, who would that player be on the defense? I don't think if we got Indomitian Sue that we would say, hey, we got a Super Bowl caliber defense now, right? I'm not even saying that we're one player away from being that, but I think if we got a great DB, mm-hmm. I mean a great defensive back safety back there to go along with Trayvon to play well, I mean, man, we're looking strong. So I really want to see Jonathan Abram come through and play what he's uh, hopefully able to do, and I do have faith in him. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Be safe out there driving. And I'll say, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Jonathan Abram is, uh, is always uh, a touchy subject, right? It's always one of those that is one of those uh, signs of curiosity, like where are you paying attention to? What are you looking for? I'm very interested to see how Jonathan Abram is used during this training camp, during the preseason, just because, I mean, it's – you know, we know what he's – you know, who's, I don't remember exactly who said it. It might have been Mark Davis who said it where he said, I know who I am and I know who I ain't, right? And it's, I think it's, it's like that with Jonathan Abram. We know who he is and we know who he isn't. He's not, a, he's not one of these safeties that's going to fly around and just be the best in coverage and, you know, be a ball magnet, a ball hawk back there. He's not Earl Thomas, right? He's not that guy. And we, but we do know what he, what he is and what he's capable of and when he's put in the right position, how good he can be. The dude is a, a scud missile, right? I mean, he's ready to thump somebody. He's ready to hit somebody. But you can't, you can't ask him to go and be someone that he's not. So I'm interested to see exactly what kind of role they have with him and how a guy like Abram, a guy like Harmon, and Trayvon Merrick could all be on the field at the same time. I think Jerron Harmon 
And I remember saying this when they signed him, that that was going to be a sneaky good signing. You know, he's very familiar with this scheme. He's very familiar with the, the, the uh, coaching staff from uh, New England. Uh, he knows what they expect and how things get done. And he's actually a good player, too. <laughs> By the way, he's a good player, too. Um, now, am I saying he's the end-all, be-all? No, but I do think that he's got a little something-something there to help provide. And uh, I even asked him today about Trayvon Merrick and what he, what he uh, thinks of him early on, and uh, you'll hear it later on in the show. But he has some pretty good things to say about the second-year safety out of TCU and Trayvon Merrick as well. So uh, that's some good stuff. And as far as adding a guy on defense that would like, put that team over the top, I just don't know if that guy's out there. You know what I mean? I, I, I really don't know if there's that dude that's going to put the Raiders over the top defensively out there and available. Uh, I like the addition of Sue if that was what they were going to do. And now that, you know, three defensive tackles are down, I know everyone's going to start saying, hey, where's Sue at? Where's Sue at? Maybe he's a possibility. I don't know. But I'm with you. I don't think that he's just the, the, the difference maker where, okay, game over. Right, the Raiders got this in the bag. I mean, it's just it, it doesn't feel like that to me. I don't feel like there's that move as it's July 21st. I think if that move was going to be made, it would have been made already. That's just you know, and, and the Raiders spent a lot of money in the off season, but they also they also were were very disciplined where they said, okay, we're going to spend a lot of money, but we're only going to spend it to a certain extent. We're not going to go over when it comes to individual guys. So I, I still, you know, I still believe that a, a big-time veteran defensive back would have helped. You know, everyone knows J.C. Jackson was my guy, but you also saw how much the Chargers paid him. So I don't blame the Raiders for saying, yeah, that's, he's good, but no, we're out of that one, right? So it just, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough at this stage of the game to know exactly who that one difference maker is. Um, I think that everything really starts and ends in the trenches, you know, so – uh, I look at the interior of that defensive line and, and would like to see it bolstered up, especially now that there's three guys that aren't going to be practicing at least to start with. We'll see how long this thing lo- lingers on with these guys not being out there. As far as the two guys that are on the pup list, they have until August 23rd to be back out there and be activated. If not, they're going to miss the first four weeks. And if that happens, then there's problems. The one thing I'll say, the one other thing I'll say real quick, is if this training camp goes on and goes on and goes on and it gets close to the end of training camp, and then all of a sudden there's rumblings of, oh, maybe the Raiders are going to go make a move for Sue. I'll say the same thing I said about Jadavion Clowney uh, a year ago. Don't want him. And I know that Sue's a veteran. I know that Sue's been there, done that. But I just think it's bad business to have a guy come in at the tail end of training camp or you know during preseason and all of a sudden think he's going to be that guy. I, I, just, I don't like that at all. I know veterans could pull it off because they are veterans and they've been there and done that. But especially in the trenches, man, I want, I want, I want my dudes to get out there and get some burn. Not only just to get them in shape, but to get out there and get some camaraderie with the guys. You know, these guys like the Max Crosby's, the Chandler Jones, you know, the, even the Andrew Billings, you know, Jonathan Hankins, if he comes off the, the pub list. All these guys have been in the trenches in the 100-and-something degree heat. They're out there busting their backside trying to get in shape and get on the same page and work towards one common goal. Then all of a sudden you have a dude come in at the tail end. Now, I, I get it if there's a big-time injury and, in you know, in case of emergency break glass, I get that. But just because there's not a – sense of urgency from the player to sign, and that's, that's the Jadavion Clowney like, specialty. That's what he always did, never wanted to go to training camp, so he just kind of sat around and kicked it until, until he was ready to, to sign his contract, then show up and go out and play. I don't, I don't – no thanks. That's, for as far as I'm concerned, I'm out on that, but that's me. I'm out on that. So uh, we'll continue to take your text, 69187, keyword R&R. We'll get back to your calls in a little bit. But coming up next, Jesse Merrick from News 3 LV. He was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We'll get his thoughts on what he saw this morning. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. The question out there. What is something that you really want to focus on each day in camp? If you had a daily report that was designed just for what you were looking for, what would it be? 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. We also got Twitter at R&R920AM, at your boy Q254, and at DeMond underscore the boss. And uh, Aaron hit us up on Twitter and said, I'm looking at the O-line on who's getting first team reps and also who's getting the first team reps at cornerback. I want to see how this team is coming together. And, yeah, the offensive line is going to be something to be uh, really paying attention to. You know, obviously that's been the biggest storyline all offseason, right, has been the, the offensive line and how it's coming together. And uh, more and more I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in the offensive line. I'm starting to get a little bit more, um, like, belief that these guys have really grown a lot after having uh, a year under their belt of just going out there and grinding and just kind of learning on the fly. So we'll see how it all comes together. Uh, earlier today, we saw some uh, some of the accountability that's going on out there at the at the practice fields. It's been going on since OTAs, and that was some running laps. You know, we saw Derek Carr fumble a snap from Dylan Parham as Dylan Parham was, uh, you know, cross-training, as they've been saying that they want. They want multiple guys training at different positions. Dylan Parham, we know that he could play guard. We know that he could play uh, center. He snapped the ball, and Derek Carr fumbled it. And so they took a lap together. And while they took that lap, Derek Carr was talking to the rookie about what he needs to do and how he needs to get that ball up. And, you know, he just kind of coached them up while they were taking that lap. So uh, we'll get back to your expectations of what you're looking for from a daily report as far as training camp goes. But right now let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy Jesse Merrick from News3LV on Twitter at JesseNews3LV. And, Jesse, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Of course, the offensive line has been uh, talked about so much throughout the offseason and leading into training camp as we were out there this afternoon. How much were you paying attention to what was going on with the O-line today? Yeah, what's up, man? I was definitely keeping an eye on that group, you know, because, again, as you noted, that's, that's an area that a lot of people, you know, keeping an eye on because many people, myself included, think that this offense is only going to go as far as that group takes them, you know, given the, the pieces that they have. And, you know, I'll be honest, I was kind of shocked to see Brandon Parker out there taking the first rep, you know, with Lester Cotton right next to him. I know there's been some talk about Cotton, you know, not only from Richie Incognito, but from different people throughout the offseason. Um, having said that, I don't think we can read too much into the first snap of the very first practice when they're not even in pads. Right. Having said that, though, it's still something to kind of keep in mind. Um, but the thing that really stuck out to me is just how much rotation is really going on there uh, among that group. You know, uh, McDaniels noted that there's going to be so much teaching that we're going to be slowing things down for these first couple days, really until they get into pads, you know, and can start the physical portion of the game. Um, but, you know, just for me, how much rotation and moving guys in and out over there and giving guys different, uh, you know, uh, opportunities at different spots along the offensive line, uh, specifically Parham, too, you know, taking snaps at center and guard. So I think it's going to be enjoyable to kind of watch him and see how he does at both of those positions, you know, and what his progression looks like, you know, in the coming weeks as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's why I didn't really take a whole lot from any of that today, just because, like you said, uh, Coach McDaniels had mentioned that there's going to be so much teaching. But it's funny, he's talking about slowing things down to me, and maybe I'm wrong. It felt like today's practice was pretty 
pretty, uh, not aggressive, that's not the right word, but it just felt like the tempo was pretty good uh, for the first day. Yeah, I'd agree with that, too, because I, I was with you. I'm like, all right, you know, let's see just how slow this is going to be. There's not going to be any of these competitive type, you know, uh, scenarios, like you said, you know, offense versus defense. We didn't really see that, but uh, it, the pace was definitely there. Guys were running around. You know, it, it was very, not that any of the practices weren't business-like before, but it just, you know, felt a little different where you're like, all right, like this is, you know, this big time. They're for real. They're out there getting to work. And, you know, it did seem like, you know, they were moving. And now that I'm talking to you, Correct me if I'm wrong. Was there any music out there? I don't remember there being no, music. No, we didn't hear any music. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of weird. I just realized that as we were talking through it. Like that's another weird one. I guess, I guess gave a different vibe, uh, you know, to the practice. Maybe it did make it feel a little more serious in that sense. Uh, you know, without it, I was always a guy that likes music to practice. But I guess you know it helps guys maybe dive into the details a bit more because that's the one common thread with this coaching staff. Each guy says, you know, just how detail oriented they are. Um, you know, with one of them being excluding music, I guess. <laughs> right. I mean, hey, whatever, whatever works, right? I mean, they're they're out there barking out their instructions and what they want them to do, but it just seemed like that they had a lot of purpose with everything that they were doing out there today. And uh, again, for just being the very first day of actually being out on the practice field, I thought it was pretty impressive. And you know, going back to the offensive line, ever since Richie Incognito talked and, and talked about the guys coming up, I I felt more calm about the offensive line. Now, they got to go out there and prove it, obviously. Uh, we heard from Andre James earlier today, too. It just seems like all the reps that they got a year ago when they were really young and really didn't know what they were doing, it seems like that's going to help pay off this year, or at least they feel like it's going to help pay off this year because they have that experience. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, and uh, Ziegler talked about it before the draft, you know, that the offensive line is a developmental position. And, I mean, the best way to develop is to sit there and go and get those reps, you know. You're not going to learn by sitting on the sideline and everything, you know, and, and getting live fire, live action, you know, throughout the season. I think that's going to be massive for this group, specifically, too, for Leatherwood, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. look, he had a rough season. Like, he knows that. Everyone knows that. But at the end of the day, like, this is the NFL, man. It's, it's hard to come in and start day one as a rookie, especially along the offensive line where you're taking so many things into account. And the fact that he was trying to learn two different positions, you know, throughout the season, jumping around there. Um, you know, so I think we'll see a much more – level-headed, you know, uh, at ease maybe. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, you know, with this new coaching staff in year two, he's no longer, you know, worried about like, hey, how the heck do I be a pro, let alone learn this entire scheme and how to work and play and, you know, all that different stuff. You know, I think that probably brings a sense of calm to him and and a lot of guys along the offensive line, including Andre James, who, look, I mean, he played all last year, but still fairly unproven as a starter in the NFL at the center spot. You know, just getting those reps and that workload under his belt is going to be massive as they continue to develop and, and work together as a cohesive unit. And that was one thing that he talked about. And I think it, I think Richie also mentioned it, that like towards the end of the year was when they really felt like they started clicking as a group, both on and off the field and like hanging out together and doing things like that. And like, I, for one think you know, outside of a quarterback receiver, you know, uh, in terms of that relationship along the offensive line, having that chemistry is the second most important grouping, you know, to have that kind of, uh, you know, that, that second uh, sense in, in it, or third sense, whatever, sixth sense, you know, among the group, uh, you know, to be able to know what the other people are thinking can, can pay dividends even more so than just about any other position on the team, I believe. Talking right now with Jesse Merrick from News 3 LV right here in Las Vegas. Obviously on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Jesse was out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center earlier today. Uh, we got the news about Denzel Good and Kenyon Drake both being uh, not on the pup list, but both being out there available to practice and practicing. How big was that for the Raiders? Oh, that's massive, especially like with Drake. Uh, he suffered his injury pretty late, I think, back in December. So, I mean, 
just for him to be out there. You know, he was also at the Battle for Vegas and yep. looked fine there, you know, running around. You're not going to take part in something like that unless you're good to go. And then obviously being out there, you know, for day one of camp, you know. So seeing him, the explosiveness, you know, he's a guy I, I was, I was, you know, hopping in the car leaving work when I heard DeMond talking about how he's his pick for, you know, uh, most improved, I believe it was. You know, and he's a guy that I think brings a lot of interesting elements and skill sets to the table. So having him out there, you know, definitely big and also was good. You know, they're going to ease him back in, which I think is the right move. Uh, you know, he didn't get as many reps as you may expect a guy, you know, of his caliber, uh, who I think will end up being the starter at right guard eventually here. Um, you know, but uh, easing him in along with everyone else, you know, that's where I think just getting both of those guys there from day one is going to be great. And you also kind of get those like jitters. You know, I, I've been hurt before, you know, in those first couple practices, first time you test out whatever it is that you hurt, you know, you're still a little hesitant. And so I think getting out there, running around with the guys, moving around, you know, with bodies flying around all over the place, that also helps just to kind of overcome that little hurdle, no matter how big or small it may be in their minds. Just getting that out of the way and you can go back to playing football, I think it's big from the get-go. Yeah, Jesse, I've seen everyone who was out there media-wise. They posted the individuals from the receivers and Devontae Adams specifically. Seeing Devontae Adams run drills just from – just from today, seeing him at camp, is there anything that you can see where you say, hey, man, this guy's special, or everyone just looks good out there in shorts? Yeah, well, I mean, everyone does for the most part in the NFL look pretty good out there in shorts and stuff. I'll be honest about that. But, like, you know me. You, you know, I, I'm a former receiver. Like, I nerd out on watching receivers, you know, do everything at practice. Uh, and so, for me, I was keeping a close eye on him. And honestly, this is going to sound kind of lame, but, like, Everything he did just did look so effortless. Not like they were doing anything that was, like, crazy out there. You know, again, it's day one. They're just in helmets and shorts and everything. But just everything that he did was so smooth. You know, it's it's like kind of like Renfro when you're watching him. He's so quick, you know, hard to catch in a phone booth type of guy. With Devontae, it's just that fact of, like, everything looks so effortless, so easy. But yet it's so, you know, detailed and everything like that. Um, you know, so that was kind of cool just to see, you know, a guy of his caliber uh, I've yet to cover a receiver at that level uh, and be able to watch him. So he's the guy I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to, to, to throughout camp. And I can't wait to see him, you know, in one-on-ones, how he breaks guys down and sets them up, you know, and, and just replacing when he beats them on a fade and things like that. You know, those are the stuff that, that I love paying attention to that I'm really going to be watching, you know, throughout the whole, uh, you know, process of camp. Talking right now with Jesse Merrick from News 3 in Las Vegas here on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And, Jesse, just got a couple more questions for you. As far as another wide receiver, what did you think of Mac Hollins? How much did you get to pay attention to him today? Yeah, I think me, like everyone else out there, it seems, like massive human being, you know. I mean, right. I think we all knew that he was a big-bodied guy, but I think seeing him in person, you're like, wow, okay, like I can mm-hmm. see it. You know, for me, uh, a couple years ago, it was when uh, Brian Edwards was out there. And not that he was, you know, this ridiculously tall guy. I think he only goes about like 6'3", but he was just kind of like a thick body, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and with Mac, it's like, okay, he's a big dude, but he's also got that thickness to him as well. And you just kind of sit there and play those scenarios in your head where you're like, man, this guy is a red zone target with all the other options that they have out there. I mean, Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels kind of have to be licking their chops, you know. Not that it's all always about size, you know, out right. in the red zone there, but having a guy with that, that large of a target and that big of a catch radius, that to me is where I just started playing those scenarios over my head thinking, man, I, I can see why this guy is here. Yeah, I agree. You know, and it's funny, I, I was right there with you. I didn't, when I was looking at him, I was like, man, I knew this dude was a big guy, but man, he was 
he was very big. And on top of that, he's got wheels. I mean, it's not like he's slow, right? He's a super fast guy. He's obviously a special teams ace, but I think he could play some dividends in the red zone. Final question I have for you, Jesse, and this guy stood out to me the most. I haven't even talked about him yet on the show yet. Uh, I, and, and it's so funny. I actually wanted to ask about him during our media session, but I felt like if I asked about him, someone would try to imply something else. But what did you think of Jarrett Stidham today? What did you think about what he was able to do? Yeah, I, that, I, I can see why you didn't want to jump and go to there just yet, right, on, on day one. Hold that one a little closer to the vest. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I didn't get a chance to watch much of him. I saw some of uh, Mullen mm. a little bit, and I saw he was also running around, you know, with uh, Andre James at one point. He talked about the fact that, you know, center quarterback his changes were a bit of an issue at times today, which is, you know, you, you expect that on day one. Right. But I didn't get a chance to watch Sidham. I did cover him in college when he was at Auburn. Um, he's a guy, honestly, I just enjoyed covering him because the athletic ability that he brings to the table, able to mm-hmm. get out of the pocket and things like that. So that's one I think I'll probably be paying a little more attention to because, you know, it, it may be a bit of an afterthought to some, but that backup quarterback battle really is, you know, a, a big point of uh, contention for the Raiders because that's an important position. God forbid something happens to Carr, that becomes the most important guy in the organization, you know, and the coaches right. will tell you that all the time. And that may sound a little cliche and everything, but it's true. Um, you know, and so I think that battle between him and Mullins is going to be fun to watch. And, and I'm just curious to see what other levels Sidham has uh, brought to his game. You know, shoot, they brought him over from New England. So obviously, right. you know, he liked the development that he's seen from him. So that's the guy I'm definitely probably going to pay a little more attention to moving forward for sure. That's the guy that I'm going to be focused in on. And it's so funny when Foster was talking to us, I was about to ask him because he caught multiple passes from him. So I almost asked him, you know, hey, what did you think when you were catching balls from Jarrett Stidham? But then I know somebody would have said and implied, oh, Q's trying to replace Carr with Jarrett Stidham, which is not the truth. It's just that backup quarterback position. So you're right. Uh, hold on to that one for a couple days before we, we deep dive into Jarrett Stidham. But, like, you covered him at Auburn. I covered him at Baylor. And I covered him in high school. So I know what the dude brings to the table. This is a guy that that he was, I mean, in high school, everyone said he's going to the league immediately. Like, he's an NFL quarterback, and he made his way there. Obviously, at Baylor, he had the uh, the issues, the Art Briles situation, end up uh, eventually going to Auburn, and now he's in the league. He's still a young guy, man, but he's got a strong arm. And he knows the system. I kind of feel like he's the leader in the clubhouse for the backup quarterback position, but it's only day one of, of, of training camp, and they got to go play it out on the field. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, he's a guy that, like, if he reaches what his ceiling could be, he's going to be a real effective quarterback in the NFL. You know, and for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened for him yet. But, you know, that's where I look at it, and I, I'd imagine that's why, you know, they brought him over from New England, you know. One, he knows the offense, and that can definitely help, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just think the tools that he has in there to be able to work with and his accuracy, like, that's one thing I think people don't necessarily pay attention to. This kid is, was very accurate when he was at Auburn. You know, and again, doing it on the move, that's where, you know, very in vogue in the NFL. Um, you know, and, and so that's where I just think he brings a lot to the table. I, I would definitely have to give him the leg up, again, throwing in the fact that he knows the offense, has the familiarity with the coaching staff. But uh, that battle, which is funny because, like, how often do you say, like, man, I can't wa- wait to watch the backup <laughs> quarterback battle. Right. It is still going to be very exciting to watch because, you know, it, for Raider Nation, it's got to be nice to know, hey, look, we've got the starting job locked up. Now you can, you know, kind of dive into the details of watching those two kind of battle it out and 
And look, quarterback competitions are fun, whether it's for the mm. starter or the backup. Like, it's still high-level play, so that's where I think it is going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, it will. It will. And today was only day one, and it was a fun, successful day as far as I was concerned. Uh, very heavily attended by a lot of media. I don't know when that's going to thin out, but uh, it was heavily attended today. So, uh, Jesse, I look forward to uh, catching up with you tomorrow out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Is anything you and Brian got going on that uh, we need to be on the lookout for? Man, the biggest thing for us, honestly, is going to be all Raiders everything. <laughs> That's what we're going to be doing from now all the way till the end of the season. You know, this is our this is our time to shine right now with the Raiders uh, starting. You know, it's the NFL. It rules all. So we'll be doing a bunch of that. I'm also, as you know, hopping on the Raiders training camp podcast with Eddie Pascal again this year. So we've got nine episodes coming your way. We dropped the first one yesterday. I believe our next one will be taping on either Saturday or Sunday. So keep an eye on that one on nice. uh, all the platforms uh, from the Raiders as well. No doubt about it. Well, you guys do a great job, man. We definitely appreciate you. And like I said, I'll see you out there at the practice facility tomorrow. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Appreciate the time as always, my man. All right, my man. Appreciate you. There he goes. Jesse Merrick, News 3LV on Twitter at Jesse News 3LV. And, uh, man, it's uh, just a good time, and, and it's so funny, Demond. We talk about it all the time. That uh, yeah, uh, it's go time. You know, it's go, go, go. What do you got coming up? Raiders, 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 Raiders. That's what it is. I mean, man. You know, I, I just. Is there anything else? <laughs> there is nothing else at this point. It's so funny, man. I um, you know, I always go to the barbershop Saturday mornings about nine, nine thirty. Uh, yep, not this week. You know, <laughs> now that I've seen the schedule for what practice is going to be like, it's going to be weird rolling into the barbershop around one o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. But hey, that's what it's going to be. You know, because like like Jesse just said, it is all Raiders. All Raiders and more. All Raiders. 248 is the time. We'll come back. We'll take your calls and texts. Close out hour number one of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Yeah, no. Uh, a sign of a great team is, you know, have our own expectations, right? We don't really listen to anybody and, and what people put on us. We're just trying to go out, you know, from every single guy on the team and, and get better every day. And, you know, same with um, any job you have or, you know, certainly playing in the NFL, you just go out there and, and try to get better every single day. And if you do that, then success will find you. And so just keeping things simple um, is going to be a, a, big, a big key to success. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. Hunter Renfro right there. He met with the media yesterday and was just talking about uh, what it takes to be successful and, and how he's gotten to where he's gotten uh, to the point where he got a contract extension as a fifth-round draft pick. So he's really made the most of his time so far in the NFL, and he was out there doing his thing along with Devontae Adams, along with uh, Matt Collins, along with Demarcus Robinson, along with uh, Keelan Cole. They were all out there doing their thing today, and uh, it was a good first day as far as I was concerned. Uh, looked like some some good headway was made, and nothing major. You know, no no stars were born, but just just seeing them going out there and, and having a pretty, uh, you know, pretty up-tempo practice I thought was a really good thing. Question that I threw out there on the Salmon Ash text line and the phone line as well when we don't have a guest at 702-365-9200 and then 69187 keyword R&R. What's something that you really want to focus on each day in camp? Like if you had, a, if you had your own personal training camp report on the daily, what would you want it to be about? What would you want the focus to be? Mailman Raider hit us up and said, Q, was looking back at McDaniel's first year with the Broncos, and he got 1,100 all-purpose yards out of Noshaw Marino, 1,100 yards for Brandon Marshall, and 750 yards for Jabbar Gaffney with Kyle Orton throwing on the ball. If McDaniel can't get that out of the lesser team, uh, if, if McDaniel got that out of a lesser team in his first try, I think we're in for a huge season in his second try with a much, much better team. Also, I'd want to look at who's standing out as far as depth pieces. That's from Mailman Raider. And, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why everyone's excited. That's why, or at least everyone should be excited, is because 
what he was able to do offensively with guys that, as you mentioned, were a lesser of a team than what the Raiders have, that's a big deal. But they've got to be able to put it together. That's why we have such an emphasis on the offensive line because if these guys, if Derek Carr doesn't have time, then none of it's going to matter. All right? And I'm starting to feel a little bit better about the offensive line, but I just want to see it. I want to see it come together. I want to see who's going to stand out. Is Alex Leatherwood going to be that guy in his second year? Are you going to see a step up from Andre James? Does John Simpson have the goods? Or is a rookie like Dylan Parham going to go in there? You know what I mean? There's so many questions, but it just kind of seems like there's a little bit of a sense of, of calm and confidence with the offensive line. Uh, matter of fact, speaking of that O-line, got a text from the 909. I'm looking for the O-line. Who's giving 110%? Who's trying to be the front man? Who's making the difference? I like that. 909 uh, hit us with a text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Raider Rod. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? What is up, Q? You Chilling, made man. it, dog. You made it. Yep. Another another glorious season on the way. You <laughs> know what I want to look, I want to, I would want to be looking at is, with so many D linemen on the PUP list, the opportunity is there. I want to know what young guys look like. They get it. They get the playbook. They've been in the playbook. It looks like they're they're out to take someone's position because we all know that that axiom ain't true. You can lose your position to injury because linebackers. I know that linebacker is is one of our one of our key positions. Um, other than Denzel, what do we got? I would like to see or know what's going on with the, with that. Who looks to be the solid number two in the in that nickel that we all expect us to play? Is it going to be you know Diablo or is it going to be Jayon Brown? Like who's going to take over that position? And finally, this one is just a personal one that really really bothered me a little bit last year when I saw it a lot, and I felt like it gave defensive ends a little bit of a key maybe even D tackles is Andre James and that <clears throat> that shotgun snap bro that looked like a kid just trying to learn how to get the ball back there <laughs> I want to know does he does he know how to hold the ball now can he snap it can he snap that thing off and get it back there in time or is it really going to be slow again that one that one really concerned me last year because I felt like I felt like it gave the the <clears throat> the rush just an extra I don't know, two-tenths of a second, and that's all you need. You know that. Right. No, you're right. You're right. And he's still learning. Thank you so much for the call. He's still learning, you know. And uh, I remember early in the season, remember the first game of the season where he was snapping it real high and it was going over Derek Carr's head or it was making him jump up there and it was throwing the timing off of the play? I mean, so he continued to develop uh, throughout the course of the season. So, yeah, that's something that he's got to continue to work on. I mean, remember, he's literally been center for one year with the Raiders, and that's it. Right, even in college, he wasn't playing center. So I mean, he's he's learning this position on the fly. He was a guy that they felt the old regime that is felt very confident in. But you know, there's competition at that spot now. Uh, and I'm not saying Dylan Parham's going to take over it. I know when they drafted Dylan Parham, I felt pretty confident that he was going to have an opportunity to. But it seems like Andre James, they're pretty happy with him. But he's got to, like you mentioned, go out there and earn it in camp. 258's the time. I know we got a couple more callers holding on. Hold on. We'll come right back. We'll get to you. We'll get to your text. And we'll get to cover three as we kick off hour number two of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.